In this episode, I had the chance to have a conversation with a client of mine. It has been a beautiful journey working with Carrie, and I'm so excited that she came on to share today. And I just want you to think about, as you're listening today, what could be possible for you? What if you said yes to yourself today? after listening to this message and listening to how she's grown. So, now, I know what's going to happen. Your brain is going to give you all kinds of excuses. It's going to tell you, well, there's something magical and unicorn about her, or I don't have enough money, or I can just keep trying this on my own, or any other the, the excuses that our brain loves to give us. And I just want to offer that you just... Push those to the side and listen and be open and think about the opportunity that you do have and how you can do it and what is possible and how you absolutely can do anything that you commit to and it's inside of you and you know you want this. So ask yourself, what would this look like for me? If I said yes to myself and I agreed to have a conversation with Michelle, what would coaching look like? What does it mean? Could I afford it? Could I afford not to do it? Allow your brain just to explore, have fun with it, allow it to jump around, and then just let it go. And no matter what you choose, choose to celebrate Carrie and her journey and choose to celebrate you for showing up, even if just for now, with curiosity. Hey sister, do you feel stuck? Do you feel like you're living each day over and over on a loop? Maybe you feel like a failure because you keep telling yourself that today will be different. You wake up each morning hoping to do better, but when the afternoon rolls around, all your promises to yourself are shot. And society screams, you deserve to have that drink, eat that piece of cake, and scroll mindlessly through social media. Hi, I'm Michelle Porterfield, certified mindset and breakthrough coach, mom of three, former daily wine drinker, excuse maker and promise breaker, Coffee's my jam, dry shampoo is my BFF, and I am so glad you're here. I have created this community to help you walk in faith towards freedom from alcohol and other strongholds like it. Together, we will work to show you your value, your strength, and your ability to overcome. So pop in your earbuds and go for a walk, or buckle up for your commute, girl. Get ready for straight talk and the truth, because it's time to elevate your mindset, develop healthy routines, and begin to thrive alcohol-free. Hey sisters, so glad you are here today. I am, have been thoroughly looking forward to this conversation with a friend of mine, Carrie, and she's more than just a friend. We have worked together for several months and I have been so um, enjoying being with her on her journey. And we're just going to talk a little bit about her story and kind of where she was, where she's going, the process of this growth that she's been through, and we're going to have some fun. So first of all, thank you, Carrie, for uh, agreeing to spend some time with me and sharing with my listeners. Well, thank you for the opportunity. I'm excited. 
So I know that you have also been listening to the podcast. You and I have been working together. So I want to go back. Let's just kind of venture back to what was going on with you um, in your drinking journey and kind of how we ended up connecting because I kind of met you early on in your, your journey. So just feel, uh, sit back and share and whatever you think that would be helpful, just share. Sure. Um, so I actually didn't even care for alcohol until I was in my thirties at all. Never drank in high school, never drank as a young adult, um, never drank, you know, until I turned 30 and, um, and then I started, um, I started playing with, you know, maybe liking maybe a Chardonnay. And so I would have a little Chardonnay here or there, but I, I was indifferent towards it, really didn't care. And um, it was bizarre how the switch in my brain went off one day. I mean, I can't even explain it to you, but one day, not only did I decide that I liked wine, but I liked red wine because um, now I well, I don't drink at all now, but, um, Chardonnay when I was drinking would give me a headache. So I decided one day that I liked red wine. And from then on, I was no longer indifferent. So that was when I was in my early thirties and, um, started out, obviously, you know, it progresses as it does for many of us where I would have a glass or two and I could split a bottle of wine with, um, you know, with somebody and even have some wine left over, but it was, you know, happening several times a week. And then it progressed into, well, I wanted to make sure that I had enough wine for me. So I would always make sure there was more than one bottle available so that I could have, you know, as much as I wanted and not have to worry about if I was sharing to have to, you know, run out to, um, you know, at some point I was single and I, I was a daily wine drinker and I would drink anywhere from three quarters of a bottle to a bottle by myself every single day. Um, right around six o'clock is when my brain turned on and said, it's time to reward yourself for having, um, having completed yet another day. And I think outwardly, no one would have guessed that, um, that there was any issue with alcohol or my relationship with alcohol. Um, I am a three-time Ironman triathlete and I've, you know, I've run marathons. I've qualified for the Boston Marathon multiple times, very successful in my career. I have a wonderful, loving husband, tons of friends. I mean, outwardly, you would think I have it all together. Um, but privately, I really struggled and um, I knew that I didn't want, I didn't want alcohol in my life, at least to play the role that it was playing. And um, in June, about three years ago now, in June um, of 2018, I, I tried to quit and I made it 11 whole days. I went to an AA meeting. And, um, I didn't like AA and I, I, but I, but I did walk away from that AA meeting feeling that I wanted what those people had, you know, they all seemed to be, you know, very happy and with where they were in their lives now. And I wanted that. I just didn't want to have to go 
to AA to get it. I just, for whatever reason, it didn't work for me. And I, I know that it's worked for a lot of people and I, you know, God bless them, but I didn't like it. Um, so I made it 11 whole days without alcohol and then decided that I would try to moderate. And I was sometimes successful at moderating. Um, I would pour alcohol into a measuring cup every night to make sure that I only had what I thought was an acceptable amount. Um, that number I, I negotiated for myself quite a bit mm -hmm. and, um, allowed it to get to, you know, again, almost three quarters of a bottle every single night. So, but what was happening with me, um, you know, as, as it kind of evolved was that I would every single night would, you know, do something silly, never, I mean, never, never anything dangerous. I mean, I never would put myself at risk. I wouldn't drive. I would go through a lot of mental drama to figure out how I could drink and, you know, keep myself safe, keep my family safe. Um, but I would, you know, I would argue with people online. I would just do things that I really felt in that moment after a few glasses of wine that I was absolutely correct and righteous in doing. And then um, in the middle of the night, like, many of us would wake up at two or three o'clock in the morning with my heart pounding, like literally pounding out of my chest and would start reflecting on, you know, either arguments that I'd had or strong opinions that I'd posted or emails that I'd sent or, you know, emotions that were inappropriate that I'd allowed to, you know, rule a night and ruin, you know, something, you know, with my husband or with my son or my daughter. Um, and then I would just be filled every single night without exception, never a night went by where I didn't wake up literally hating myself, um, hating who I was, hating that I had no control, um, anxious, in a, you know, incapable of falling back asleep for hours. Um, and and what, that, I'm going to pause you, know, you for, I'm going to pause you for a second. Cause, um, I want to know the timeline ish on that. Cause you know, we're talking 2018, had the little 11 mm -hmm. days, and then the, the measuring, the moderating, mm -hmm. things like that. When do you remember kind of getting back to where this, this season was happening? Almost immediately. Okay. I mean, I think alcohol really creates that. Um, I mean, it certainly wasn't as bad when I was sticking to what I thought was my plan. So, mm -hmm. you know, I would say I would give myself permission to have, say, 14 ounces of alcohol. So I would pour that into my measuring cup and give myself permission to have that. If I stuck to that um, and I woke up in the middle of the night, which I would, I wouldn't beat myself up as badly as if I had broken the rule. Um, so... But at some point over the course of those three years, the rules kind of went out the window. And mm -hmm. I was right back to where I was in 2018 when I had really wanted to quit. Um, and then I had, um, so my anxiety got so bad that I had thoughts of self-harm and not because I wanted to really wanted to hurt myself, but because I was looking for a way to make the anxiety stop. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, thankfully I never, followed through on any of those thoughts, but I had them and they, they scared me, um, quite a bit. And, um, and I knew that I wanted sobriety, but every morning I would get out of bed and I would go through the motions again. I would get my workout in, I'd go to work. I do all the things that I always did. And every night at six o'clock, I 
seemingly forgot all the things that I hated about myself and what drinking caused for me and started all over again. And this went on for a very long time until November 29th of 2020. And, um, you know, we had gone through most of the year with COVID and, you know, COVID made things even boozier than before because, mm-hmm. you know, you're working at home. You don't even have to leave your house um, and you're bored. And um, my husband and I were talking right after Thanksgiving and we, we decided that as a couple, we, you know, it's been kind of a boozy, boozy year. And I'm like, it's no different a year than, for me than anybody else or than ever any other year. So <laughs> I, um, but sure, let's, let's take a break. That's what we decided. And my husband did not drink the way that I did. He had, he has a relationship with alcohol that I was envious of, you know, he could take it or leave it. Um, but he, he and I decided that we would both not drink and I was terrified of it. And I actually last night went through my private messages to look for when you reached out to me on Facebook. Um, but I was a few days into not having any, I wouldn't even call it sobriety. It was white knuckling. And like, please, God, let this, please make this better. There's got to be some way to do this without going to AA. I really don't want to go to AA. And I don't want to say I'm an alcoholic. I don't think that I am that. But I, I have a really unhealthy relationship here. And I, I want what those people have. I want that kind of joy and freedom that I don't know how to get. And so, um, I was on the unexpected joy of sobriety, um, or being sober, I'm sorry, page on Facebook. And I, I can't remember what I had posted, but I am sure I had posted something like, (laughs) tell me when this gets better. I think I'd asked a question like, when is the miracle? Well, it ain't at day seven. I can tell you that. (laughs) And, um, you reached out to me privately on, on Facebook messenger and just started asking me questions. And I was so, and I wrote in, I wrote in my message back to you that I felt that, um, the universe had put you in my path for a reason, because you had said that you too were, you know, highly functioning, very successful outwardly, nobody would have known. And I, that's what I was looking for. I wanted somebody like me. Hmm. Um, And I'm sure there are people like me that go to AA. I'm confident that there are. I just didn't see it when I was there. I heard, you know, these horrible stories about being in jail and, you know, people murdering other people. And and I was like, oh my gosh, I just wake up and have really bad thoughts and I don't like this. And I'm ashamed (laughs) of myself. I, I don't, I, I, whatever. And you, I connected with you and I, it was so easy to share with you. And I really do believe that was a God moment. Um, because you, I felt like you sent me a, um, you sent me a lifeline and I grabbed onto it. I would have done anything to have somebody to connect with somebody to help me, somebody to help me manage my expectations and somebody to hold me accountable. Um, cause I wanted sobriety and I, I feared that I wouldn't be successful if I didn't have that and I didn't know where to find it. And then you found me. Mm. So, um, I and now it. I am, oh my gosh, I 204 days without a drop of alcohol or any type of mood altering substance. Oh and, goodness. um, well, let's yeah, pause, and, let's pause there and celebrate first of all. Mm-hmm. 204 days. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. I love it. 
Congratulations. Yeah. yeah, no, I do too. Thank you. It's everything. Everything is better. Everything yeah. is better. Yeah. I, I would never, I mean, I don't want to say never, right. You, you just don't know what tomorrow brings, but today my plan is that I would never, I would never go back to that in the moments where my brain goes, God, a glass of wine would be good right now. Um, those don't stick around very long. Mm -mm. Thankfully, you know, they come and I take a deep breath and let it sit there for as long as it's going to sit there, but it goes away quickly. And, um, Oh God, so much better. So much better. Well, I want to bring up the, uh, it's interesting because, you know, I, I do know it was a God moment. Um, mm -hmm. anybody who listens to the show knows that that's very clear for me. And, um, because I don't message everyone privately. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I couldn't, I wouldn't have the time, but I remember where I was standing when I messaged mm -hmm. you, I was actually at, um, the high school, there was some kind of sport going on with my daughter or whatever. And I typically don't, but like, I don't know what it was about your post. I can't even remember what it was now, mm -hmm. but I think that's the thing is cause I was like, even especially after we started chatting, mm -hmm. I realized because, because I was there that there are so many of us, you know, mm -hmm. there's so many of us out there that, that live this life that don't want to go to a meeting that don't want to mm -hmm. call themselves or identify as something that, that are still even now listening that are still in that place of struggle and they want so desperately to get out, but they don't know that, you know, there is a, there is a way for them and where they are. And so it was really cool how receptive you were and, you know, not even knowing me and just mm -hmm. how natural the conversation went. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as soon as we connected, I was like, I just, I love this person. Like, she's mm -hmm. so cool, you know? And I think that when you can truly connect with someone on that level of understanding, it, it just automatically, and you tell me like, it just creates such a safe, trusting environment. Mm -hmm. Cause you're like, ah. Oh, you know, I've, I've experienced that before and my, my coaches and my mentor relationship is like, ah, oh, thank you that you understand mm -hmm. me. That helps me so much to know I'm not alone. Absolutely. I mean, I, you, I trusted you immediately and, and things, you know, this about me now because we worked together for several months, but I don't, I connect with people professionally because that is, that's what I do. You know, I'm, I'm, that's what I do. And, but in my personal life, I am pretty guarded and, um, I, I don't allow a lot of people in. Um, I have, I have a lot of friends, but I have, um, only a, a very, very select few that I trust with everything, you know, that I know these people won't judge me and won't ever hurt me and will never use my experiences against me. And, um, for as quickly as you and I connected and I shared, I mean, I have, I have some pretty, I have a lot of trauma from my childhood that not very many people are aware of. And I shared it with you and it was, um, yeah, that was a God moment because I don't, I don't share that. And, um, you know, you were so incredibly helpful in helping me to understand how that also could play a role in, today and how I do things today and how I think about things today. And, um, yeah, you're just, you are so gifted. You are so mm -hmm. gifted. And I know that 
you know, I've told you that a hundred times, but mm-hmm. I'll tell you 101 more because you are just gifted. And, and again, I thank God that, you know, you felt pulled to me and I felt an immediate receptive, you know, pull back. Like there, there is the lifeline that you need. And, um, here I am 204 mm-hmm. days later and going strong. Awesome. Well, thank Mm -hmm. you for that. I appreciate Mm -hmm. it. And I I mean, for me too, I appreciate how you showed up for yourself because, you know, I've had many conversations, I've seen many stories and, you know, that's the main thing is what I see that when people come in to my space and we have these conversations, the ones that are truly ready, I just know it. I can kind of feel it and I can see that they're like, you know what, I'm worth it. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm worth this journey. I'm worth the investment. I'm worth the time. I'm worth this uh, discomfort and the yuck that I've got to feel because alcohol's not going to be there. But I have also seen that, you know, they're the ones that are super successful, that are making amazing, like, leaps and bounds of personal growth in their marriages, in their uh, business life, and all these things. So... 204 days in now, but you've had a lot happening in your world. And so let's talk a little bit about kind of now, you know, we, you know, that first, you know, that first 90 days, a lot of the work, a lot of the mindset uh, shifts, things like that. A lot of uh, uncomfortable conversations as we begin to talk Mm -hmm. to our loved ones and, but you've had some really cool things and, um, really just a lot of personal changes. So what would you Mm -hmm. like to share as far as kind of what's been awesome now? Oh my gosh. Um, well, I will. So, so, you know, I asked you one day, you had said something and I can't remember if it was online, if it was what during one of our coaching sessions, I don't know, but you had said something about having a relationship with God. And I, I mean, I was baptized when I was younger and Um, you know, I've certainly gone to church and, but never have really, you know, I've never really had faith and I'm still learning, but I, I asked you, I said, can I, what does that even mean? Having a relationship with God? Like, I don't get it. And you, and I said, I, and I think I said, I need like, you know, relationship with God 101 for dummies. Cause I don't, I, I don't even understand, like, where does this Holy spirit guy come from? I'm lost. Yeah. And, um, and you, what I loved about the way that you explained that to me was, you know, that it, it didn't hit me over the head. You were, you're always, you know, very slow with me to say, you know, well, are you open to exploring this and giving me the out of like, well, how much of this do you really want? Um, and so I was interested enough to just want to hear about it. And I have, and then because, because I was doing work and nothing else that I've ever done has ever worked for me to get sober and to feel peace um, because my anxiety has been so bad, I was, willing to, I was willing to try anything. You know, if I can't have alcohol to ease this anxiety, which by the way, alcohol does not ease anxiety. Anybody who thinks that it does, you are, you are fooling yourself. You are pouring gasoline on a fire. But um, so I downloaded the, the Bible app and entered some things into the, you know, into my profile and just, and it really did start out very mechanically and awkward. Um, but every day said, okay, I'm going to try this. I'm just going to read this every day. Um, you know, based on what I put in were my needs 
And um, for the first few weeks, I, you know, would get up and, okay, I said I was going to try this and I'm accountable to the commitments that I make. So I'm going to try this. And, but somewhere in the past few months, I have evolved from, I'm going to try this and see if I can get it to, I crave this. Um, and so I am, yeah, I'm still learning and I still am keeping myself focused on the, you know, the teachings and the writings in the Bible that apply to what I feel I need to be feeding myself, but I crave it. And, um, I have found so much peace in sobriety and in learning that if I put, you know, my relationship with my higher power at the, at, at the beginning, right. Rather than the end, if that is the first thing that I seek versus I've tried everything else, I guess I'll pray, you know, but <laughs> pray first and yeah. then let everything else fall into place. So, um, I have found a level of peace, um, that I've never known before. So that is really, really exciting for me. And like I said to you yesterday, I, I just crave it. Um, you know, personally, my relationship with my husband has always been, well, I won't say it's always been great. I think all of us have seasons where you're like, I would sooner shave my head with my cheese grater than give you a kiss right now. Um, but you know, my husband is, has always been a rock and he is such a lovely, lovely man. And, but over the course of the last nearly seven months, um, he's managed not to drink at all, even though it was never a problem for him. He doesn't drink at all now. So we both have decided that, you know, alcohol just doesn't serve us at all. Um, whether you have a problem with it, he doesn't, or you do, I did. Um, it doesn't serve us and it serves us better to be healthy and um, to make healthy choices for us, for ourselves, both physically and, and, and spiritually and emotionally. So he and I are in the best place we've ever been, um, ever. And even yesterday, he was like, can I ask you, like, what are you doing every morning on, like, you're always in your phone, you know, because he'll, he'll, I'll get up early now. I love to get up early and watch the sunrise. And, um, and I've told him, I just like to be alone in the morning. It's quiet. And he's like, what are you doing? And so I told him, I'm, I'm praying and I'm reading and I'm learning and I'm meditating. And he wanted to know all about it. And so, you know, what he does with that, you know, is yet to be seen, but he allowed me to share it and was really encouraging, supporting, um, of me in that, which was awesome. Cause I was afraid maybe he would judge me and, you know, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't, I was afraid of what he'd think. And, um, he was just incredibly supportive and loving. And then finally in my career, um, I'm on pause I, for just a second oh, sure. because I just want to highlight that because I feel like a lot of times as women, uh, and I know you can relate and I've had this conversation, but when we're doing something or we're like on this path to growth and we figure mm -hmm. this thing out, that's working for us, you know, I think most of us would have been like, Hey, this is what I'm doing now. You need to be doing it too. Or I can't believe, you know, or just like expect or push. And I love how you have just found what has been working for you, really cultivating the relationship with God that, that is yours. And then just allowing him to be curious and then just sharing, because honestly, for all of us, that's how all this works. It is not a, 
there's not a, a certain cookie cutter way to go about the relationship or the quiet time or the prayer or the meditation, but yet, you know, we, it's, it's more organic and natural when you just share what's working for you, because clearly he's seen something different. And there again, that's what happens is we begin to change. And so I want, I want the ladies listening to just recognize that because I know that there can be so much that causes some resistance, tension in marriage. And sometimes we just get, we get frustrated when we're working hard and we're making changes and maybe our spouse is just not there yet. But to really understand that the best way is to just know that you're doing what you're feeling called to do and then just let them see it and come alongside Mm -hmm. of you and not push it. Yeah. He, um, and exactly. Like I was afraid of judgment and not that he, you know, I don't know why I would be afraid of that with him because I mean, no matter what I have ever said to him, he is supportive, but I was, uh, I was afraid. And so I was just, you know, this is what is feeding me right now. This is what is helping me. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm working it and I love it now. Um, which, and so I just kept it private, but we were, the reason he asked about it is we were mountain biking. Um, we have a house up here in the Northern part of Arizona. Um, and we escape the heat of Phoenix, um, as often as we possibly can. And, uh, we, my husband is a mountain bike coach and he's, he's amazing at it. And I do my best to follow him. And, um, I get frustrated a lot because I don't have the skill set that he does, no matter how hard I try you know, he defies gravity in a way that gravity's like, no, not for you. Nope. You don't get to do that. You're, you know, whatever. So I used to get really frustrated at times when we would mountain bike together. Cause I just couldn't do what he can do. And, um, we were mountain biking on Saturday up here in Northern Arizona. And there is this, it, it's just a very technical section. It's steep, it's rocky, it's loose. There's a lot of switchbacks, like all the things that you know, any one of those things are a challenge and you put them all together. And, you know, for me, I'm like, "Ah!" and I just get so frustrated, (laughs) but I didn't, I didn't get frustrated. I just, you know, I understood what was coming and I felt peace through it. And I gave myself permission to get through it. However, I got through it. And then we had this torrential downpour and we're trying to get back to our house in the rain. And for anybody who mountain bikes, you know, that if you, you know, you mountain bike on mountains and on dirt. You don't do that on the road. So the more it rains, the muddier it gets, the more difficult it is to pedal. And so we are like sloshing through the mud. And my husband thought for sure that I would be frustrated. And I, I felt I, my heart was so full of joy that I was just so grateful for the rain. Cause when we'd started out the ride, it was kind of warm. And I was like, God, I wish it would rain. And then it rained. Hmm. So he said, I just expected a completely different version of you on that ride. Like, what are you doing? So I shared it with him and, um, yeah, it was, he was open to hearing it and actually wanted to learn more about it. We'll see what happens for him, but that's what the catalyst was for him to ask is that I wasn't ready to stab him at the end of that (laughs) ride. Cause usually I am, I blame him for weather. I blame him for Hills. Anything that I don't like somehow becomes his fault. Hmm. So cool. I mean, I can, Mm -hmm. I can even see that in my own life, you know, this past year, like I've been a believer since a child, but you know, the ebbs and flow of life and my choices and obviously drinking, you know, took over, but this last year too, it's just, I am, because I live in such a, a, a place of peace and I know where I'm, 
I'm grounded that, you know, yes, there are times when I get a little snippety and snappy because mm -hmm. I'm human. But for the most part, I do have just this like calmness about me and it is noticed by others. And then one more thing before we go on, I just want to highlight, mm -hmm. I want to highlight where you said that it was just sort of like mechanical and awkward. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's important to call out because sometimes when we're told by a coach or we're doing something new, we think that because this doesn't feel right or this is awkward or like there's this voice in our head saying, well, you're not doing it right. And what does this matter? And like, you know, what's mm -hmm. the importance of this? Why you got to do, why do you got to do gratitude? And why am I reading this and whatever, but to allow yourself, cause it's just like anything else. You're training for a marathon in the beginning, mm -hmm. or you're learning how to do a new sort of swim stroke or a certain workout. It typically, we're not natural at anything really. It takes us a while and it's mechanical. So I want to call that out because I think sometimes we just go, oh, well, ugh, journaling didn't work for me, or I couldn't get in the habit of that. But it's only because it was kind of weird in the beginning. But Carrie mm -hmm. just shared like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm so glad that I pushed through the weirdness. And I'm still learning and I'm still growing. But look where I'm at now. And I can say that I'm exactly the same way. Yeah, it did. It. it felt, I, you're so right, the journaling, too. I'm like, I don't get this like okay dear diary um today was this but now i can look back and see like it's it's really a cool thing to look back on and be able to read the story of my sobriety journey from it's day 13 and i you know i am hanging on for dear life to it is day 198 and i feel so blessed and I mean, it's just an, it's an incredible tool to be able to see how you evolve. And then with, you know, with my spirituality and my, you know, my relationship with God that continues to, to just grow and my faith that is getting stronger, you know, to go from, okay, I don't even know how to pronounce this word and I don't know what it means and how does, you know, I don't get it to literally every day downloading more plans to read and, and, and help me to better understand um, you know, the Bible and, and God's word and, and his promises to me, um, you know, to, to go from, all right, I said, I'd try it. I guess I will to, I crave it and it, and I feel his peace. And, you know, and yesterday I had a, I had a bad day where my worry was way greater than my faith. And, um, you know, but I, this morning I opened up the, the app and there was exactly what I needed to read. It was there. And I don't think that's an accident. I really don't. I think that God was like, Hey, remember yesterday, this is what you needed to think about. And I'm going to put it in front of you and you are going to read it today. Mm. And I feel so much better. So, um, you know, I don't, it's not a coincidence ladies. No. And I can, I mean, I can just tell you something that happened to me this morning. I know I have told you a little bit about this, but um, I have a friend who's dealing with some extreme grief and I have had the opportunity to like hold this like very intimate space with her and allow her to talk to me and share with me. And I knew I was going to see her this morning. We were having coffee 
and I had really just been praying and things like that. And I opened up cause I have a bunch of plans in my app too, because I like different things. And then sometimes I'll go, Ooh, this client would love this and I'll send it to them or whatever. Like I feel like these things do pop up and God shows me. Well, today I opened up an old one that I hadn't looked at. And I think it, the last time it was open was like in May. Um, cause I'll just leave them hanging out in there. And I said, it said finding freedom and I clicked on it and it was talking about despair. And it was sharing with me what despair feels like to someone in grief. And it actually shared what you can do in that place to kind of keep your head above water. And I was just like, okay, (laughs) God was like, this is something that you can take with you when you sit with her today. And I brought it up and she was just like, wow. That is, I I didn't know how to explain how I was feeling, but that makes sense. So it's just so cool how when we walk through it and we do the hard things, as catchy as that is, and we do the mechanical Mm -hmm. things, like he's going to show up because Mm -hmm. he wants to, he wants the relationship. So Mm -hmm. tell me about your career. Mm. So, um, you know, COVID, I think I'm so excited. I'm, I'm fearful, but I, I am more excited than I am fearful and I feel really pulled towards this new opportunity. So I have worked for um, my current company for about 10 years. Um, and I feel like I've grown up there and, and quite honestly, they, it feels like my family. Um, I started there, um, I'm in geriatric healthcare and I, um, I started as a, you know, field sales rep and, you know, had, had a good amount of success and was promoted up through the company into a vice president level, which is where I'm, where I am now. And, um, I cover a handful of States and I have a good amount of direct reports and I, and I love it. Um, but at the end of last year, COVID was hard for everybody. You know, I certainly am not cornering the market on COVID challenges mm-hmm. and, um, I, um, but I just, something said like, open up yourself to, to new opportunity. And so I updated my resume. I did not look for a job. I, I have never looked for a job. I think maybe when I was in you know high school, I looked for a job, but ever since I became a, you know, a grown up and a professional, um, I've just always believed that, you know, when you're open to opportunity, opportunity finds you. And, um, so at the end of last year, I updated my resume and just said, okay, I'm open to opportunity and, and the right one will come. And, um, and if it does, then it doesn't, cause I, I don't hate where I'm at. In fact, I, this is a company that's been very, very good to me, but I, I think I'm ready for something new. Um, and so I've had like many of us, a lot of recruiters reach out and, and have interviewed. And then I have decided, um, that I didn't want to move forward in that process or, you know, for that company or whatever. And I had a recruiter reach out to me um, a few weeks ago, and it was a very short message that she sent me. She just said, "I'm, you know, I'm, I'm recruiting for a national, um, you know, a national healthcare company, and they are looking for a vice president to cover, you know, about 120 million dollars in, you know, revenue and this number of states, and, um, you know, would you be interested?" And I was like, "Well, maybe, sure, let's talk." And, um, the more that I talked to her and the more that I spoke to the people within that company about this opportunity, um, the more excited I got. And I really believe that when you're excited about something, you need to continue to move towards it. Um, and so while it's intimidating 
and a little scary because the scope of responsibility is more than double what I, what I have now. Um, you know, I was offered an opportunity to move um, into a, a vice president role for a, a large healthcare company, national company covering um, about 11 states and um, just doing the next step in, um, in my journey. But it's, it's a, the scope of responsibility is huge and it's going to stretch me and it's going to teach me a lot of new skills. And I'm going to be given the opportunity to lead um, a number of leaders. So um, right now I right now I lead leaders um, at a director level. This will be an opportunity for me to lead leaders at a vice president level and leaders at a director level, plus about 90 field sales reps. So um, it's just an incredible opportunity to work with people and families at the end of life. Um, and it's something that I feel pulled towards and I feel passion around it. And while the opportunity is really intimidating, um, I am so excited and I just know that I'm not alone. And by that, I mean, um, you know, I believe that the doors for this opportunity were opened by God. And while I'm scared, I know that he'll be with me today, tomorrow, and every day of that journey. And, um, I just feel so incredibly blessed. I cannot believe how in the past 204 days, my life has just, it's been transformational from mm -hmm. hating myself in the middle of the night um, to apologizing to my husband in the morning, to checking my emails to see if I said anything stupid um, to anybody, um, to questioning and overthinking, you know, I, you know, I overthink everything because I, I am a perfectionist and I think I need to be perfect. And if I'm not perfect, I'm a failure. Um, or at least that's how I have thought to mm -hmm. accepting who I am, accepting how I am, accepting, um, that this is my life and I, I am in love with it. And it's such a wonderful place to be compared to where I was, you know, almost seven months ago. So yay. Ah, uh, what a beautiful way to kind of come to a close. And what I hear in all that too, is like, you, you can trust yourself now. Like, mm -hmm. I just feel like no matter what comes your way with this new position, this new responsibility, you have done the work through this process to know no matter what you can trust that you're going to show up for it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's a lot of, you know, working with you as well, you know, and, um, you know, I don't know how comfortable you are with positive feedback. I mean, I would, I would hope that you would be open to it because you deserve it. Um, but I've learned from you, you know, that, you know, where I am is not based on luck. It's based on the work that I've put in and my skills and my talents and, you know, my God given gifts and it, it wasn't an accident. So trust that that's going to continue to be the case. And if you, you know, have a reaction, you know, um, it, it probably is the right one. My instincts are probably right, not wrong. And, um, I learned that from you and working with you. So, you know, thank you. Mm, I love it. So I appreciate you. And likewise, before we go, I think that was awesome. I feel like so many women are going to be able to connect and resonate with many parts of your story. I mean, I could see so much of my own story in there, um, mm -hmm. except for the like marathons and triathlon. Thing. <laughs> but 
you know, I did have, I spent a lot of time doing boot camp mm-hmm. and fitness stuff, but I want to just kind of take it because I always feel like it's important for us to just say something to the listeners just in case they're wavering, because I feel like when I was in that place, you know, I would hear stuff and be like, well, you know, my situation's different or, well, you know, I have a vacation coming up or, uh, I've heard, I heard this, you know, well, my daughter's getting married in October and I really just don't want to have to, you know, do this. And for me, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, think of how awesome this journey is going to be. If you're not drinking while you're planning your daughter's wedding and how, when you get to the wedding, the, the, the being present and the memories and the connections, because we cannot connect with other humans when alcohol is involved. Like we think we do, we think we're having fun, but it really doesn't work out. So with that said, is there anything that, you know, that's kind of on your heart that you want to say, listen, ladies, if you're there and you're in this place, what would you like to say? And then we'll finish up. Yeah. Um, so I would say if you're listening to this podcast or if you're on any one of the many, many, many pages on Facebook or any kind of social media, you know, or if you're Googling sobriety or if you're Googling, am I an alcoholic? Um, you know, you know already that at, at a minimum, your relationship with alcohol is not serving you, right? Otherwise, you wouldn't be doing those searches. You wouldn't be on those pages and you wouldn't be listening to this podcast. You already know that this is what you want. And there's no better time than now to start because if we're always waiting for the right time, the right time will never come. There will always be an opportunity to drink. And I know because I tried to quit in June of 2018. Um, when I would reflect back on, uh, on that time and the 11 days I had of sobriety, you know, and then I would go, God, if I had just stuck with it, I'd be a year into this now. God, if I just stuck with it, I'd be two years into this now. And I'd be so disappointed in myself. Just do it, girls, just do it. And the one thing that it's a quote and I'm sure I found it on Pinterest because that was another thing that I was on all the time looking to see if there was some magical pill to stop drinking. Um, surely there's a meme that will be (laughs) the silver bullet that will teach me how to not do this anymore. Um, but there was actually, it, it, it's something that I even put a reminder on my phone and it pops up every day at six o'clock still. And it says, um, you know, alcohol will not make anything better today, but it will absolutely make tomorrow worse. And that is the truth. That is absolutely my truth. And so I just tell myself every day, no matter what, no matter what happens, just don't drink because whatever I'm feeling right now is fleeting and that will go away. But the disappointment that I'll feel if I pick up a glass of wine and drink it, because it won't be just one, it will be many, that disappointment will stick with me. Um, And I can't, I can't live with that. So um, just do it. If you're thinking about it, just do it. And, you know, if you are looking for support, you know, coaching with Michelle is absolutely, at least for me, it, it, it was transformational and I could not be more grateful and I just love you so much. So thank Mm. you for everything you did. Mm, I love you too. And thank Mm. you so much for sharing your heart. I know that you were going to bless so many women. Mm. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I will talk to you soon. Yes, ma'am. Okay, girlfriend, before you go, if you found value in this podcast and it helped you, please head over to iTunes and leave a review. Every so often, I will read reviews and give shout outs. 
To dig deeper, join us at Set Free Sisterhood over on Facebook. I will pop the link in the show notes. And don't forget, if you know someone that would enjoy or benefit from this podcast, share it with them and take a screenshot and post it in your Instagram stories and tag me. It's time to take back our power, ladies, and be set free. Until next time, stay blessed. Michelle.